All right. Episode 101, like the traffic jam freeway, is here. Inappropriate Earl, a very special post-LA riot roast battle recap. One of the great nights in roast battle history. (laughs) A sold-out show at the downtown independent theater. 220 plus standing room only for all the freeloaders who didn't want to pay <laughs> acting like they were big industry hot shots when the only industry they'll ever succeed in is probably the food or porn industry but welcome to our business uh some great battles that night uh we had the tournament finals pat barker against leah kajanian with uh, Leah edging Pat out in an incredibly close uh, battle. And then you had uh, Connor McSpadden against everyone's favorite homo, Joe Dosh. And that was, once again, a very, very, very close battle. Uh, and uh, Connor getting the edge. And you had uh, the great Sarah Tiana edging out everyone's second favorite homo. The big man... With the biggest laugh ever. The great, great Guy Branham. Which leads me to the fourth battle. Third on the card, but one in everyone's hearts. Uh, it's kind of a Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson battle. <laughs> where I took on uh, the best roaster in my opinion. That's sweet of you to say. It's true. I, th- I think you are. Uh, I took on the great Olivia Grace, uh, who is the queen of roast battle, but due to unfortunate circumstances at uh, one evening, uh, she is no longer allowed to perform at the comedy store Tuesday nights because of the age restrictions. She's only 20. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was her triumphant return to roast battle. Give it up for... A special guest on episode 101, not Cafe 101 off of Franklin, <laughs> where a lot of schmoozers go to uh, hopefully run into Chris D'Elia and, and uh, pitch him one of their shitty spec scripts. Uh, episode 101 with the great young star of L.A. comedy, Miss Olivia Grace. Oh, you're too kind. Was that intro long enough? It was great. Well, I know because I did it. <laughs> And to you people uh, who think you can do a better podcast, uh, well, you buy the equipment, you put it together, you edit the podcast, you get the people to come, and you do better intros, and then you can critique me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we had a great battle. Yep. And uh, uh, it went as I thought it would. You would have the better jokes. Which you did. Every judge said that. But you had the way better performance. And I don't think my jokes were like better per se. But you just like someone said, I can't remember who said this. It might have been Keith Carey. But they said that when you went up, you you didn't just roast me. You roasted like the whole audience and the entire show. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I, I believe in theater. And, uh, you know, I... You know, I always, for some reason, like to compare things to music. And I think you wrote your jokes like Led Zeppelin, these intricate uh, 
you know, well thought out, you know, thought provoking zingers. And I wrote uh, my jokes like Kiss, you know, simple, short, not the greatest songs, but, you know, at the end of the day, you go, oh, that's a good song or a joke, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, it was, uh, it was tough battling you. What was tough battling you? Because I was so focused on just writing good jokes and going up and not fucking up one of my jokes. So when you were up there just crushing, just so you were so funny because you went up first and you were up there for at least like three minutes before they brought me up. Yeah, I was, you know, I thought, you know, you know, the adrenaline uh, kicked in. I thought I'll do a little pro wrestling stuff, you know, (laughs) get the crowd to hate me because the crowd doesn't vote. So it really uh, on main events or we weren't we were uh, I guess we weren't the main event, but like uh, it was judged on on this uh, riot fest roast battle card. uh, The crowd doesn't vote. So I didn't care if the crowd hated me or not. Like I didn't want them to, but. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I they would get the sarcasm of what I was doing. I don't think they hated you for a second. <laughs> but, well, it's tough, though. Like, you've seen every battle. You've certainly participated in more uh, realistic battles than I have. Uh, you know, when it's the straight guy against the straight girl, I think the guy always has the harder problem because... You know, you can make fun of my head, which you did. (laughs) (laughs) I sure did. And it's a joke I had absolutely no comeback for. You want to say it? What what the joke was? Yeah, um, it's... (laughs) It's one of my favorite jokes I've ever written because it's so silly. Um, But it's uh, the only time Earl ever crushes is when he uses his forehead to open a walnut. Because I, I had this visual in my head of you, like, putting a walnut down on a table and then, like, smashing it with your forehead, and it made me laugh so hard. I was like, I, I can't not use that joke. <laughs> like, it was just such... The imagery was killing me. I don't know. I, like, I couldn't think about that joke without laughing to myself like an idiot. <laughs> and I really had no comeback for it. I think I... Uh, I, I forgot what my rebuttal was, but, it, you know, there was nothing I could have said that was... Uh, going to compete with that line you know sometimes you just have to go they got me i had no comebacks for anything you said though because you all your jokes came so far out of left field well that's what i wanted to do uh i don't i'm if i could pat myself on the back uh in one area i don't think i had one direct fat joke Mm-mm. i mean one you're not fat but like you know well thanks and the uh vein of roast battle you have to exaggerate people's flaws and yeah and uh you know i i couldn't really do any acne jokes because you're you didn't have any that day yeah and uh so uh i think when it's a guy insulting a girl especially with physical flaws you have to be really cute and so stupid uh that you know you you force you in this case to what do i say to that yeah well i mean if that's what you're trying to do you nailed it because you were just like you were just having so much fun like i I, like like i said i was just so focused on having good jokes that like i forgot to like have fun on stage and you were just having such a good time and i think that was part of it too i think that's why you got away with some of the stuff that you said (laughs) 
Because you're just having fun with it. That's why you always get away with the stuff that you say. That's why your hater character works is because like you're so (laughs) you're so confident and having such a good time with what you're saying that everybody knows you're joking, even though you say really offensive stuff. Well, I would hope uh, that, you know, really the haters character. And I uh, was at the haters table with Keith Carey. He did a great job. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when I uh, battled you, Connor McSpadden was great. Yeah. Uh, But I would hope people think it's a character. You'd have to be pretty stupid as an audience member to think, oh, this guy's, where'd they find this racist guy? This is out of control. (laughs) I mean, I did have one, I think I've told the story before, where the black guy came up to me after a belly room show. I was like, Yo, man, what's with the racist bullshit? I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's a character like Archie Bunker. And he looks at me and goes, who the fuck is Archie Bunker? <laughs> I'm like, uh, Moses, we got a problem. I'm 20 years old and even I know who Archie Bunker is. But Well, but I mean, like when I, I was a kid, so I wasn't smart enough to comprehend it. But like, I really thought Archie Bunker was like, wow, this guy's a dick. He, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, back then he was... Like, this was back when they only had three networks. Yeah. CBS, ABC, and NBC. So the fact that they had a character on TV at this time saying fag and the N-word and, and you know, I think he had some pretty derogatory terms against Jews. I think he would call them hebes, <laughs> and like, which is basically the Jewish N-word. Uh, that's, you know, who I modeled the character after and uh, an ex-employee of the comedy store. Didn't um, Jim Carrey come up to you after he watched you do it and he said he called you Archie Bunker? Yeah, he's the only one. That made me feel like, okay, if Jim Carrey instantly gets it, he just whispered to me after uh, the show one night, uh, hey, Archie, where's Edith? And I was like, okay. That's so cool. That's like... That's awesome. You know, if Jim Carrey gets it, then I don't really care if anyone else gets it. It's like... (laughs) You know, he is the comedy store. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, it's, you know, you're so likable. That no, you're so likable. Well, I'm likable because I have to <laughs> sell it like that. You know, you hit that stage instantly. Everyone was happy to have you back because you can't, it's not that you can't do roast battle, but unless it's done in a non, uh, you know, alcoholic uh, beverage venue. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't really do it right now. So, which sucks because, I, like I said, I, I think you are the best roaster. I mean, mm, no, that's not true, but that's sweet of you to say. Well, it's, uh, you could argue, of course, everything's subjective. I mean, Leah K. Janian is, is, uh, you, you tied with her. She's fabulous. And, uh, Keith uh, Carey, uh, I guess, uh, beat you in like overtime. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it, there's an upper echelon of roasters. Uh, Alex Hooper, Alex Hooper, Joe Dosh, uh, Connor, Connor's uh, great. Um, Omid Singh. Oh, Omid, yes. Uh, Pat Barker. Oh yeah, of course, you know, Pat. Uh, and then there's so there's like, you know, six or seven who who are like you know uh, if you were judging this like an NCAA bracket, you know, there's a top eight, and really you could switch out any of the eight because that's one of the great things about roast battle is anyone can lose. Because uh, it's that's how stiff the competition is, and then you've got a you know a whole other group of comics who don't really do it. Like you know, Sarah Tiana, she doesn't really do many. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe and, and and probably a guy who might be the best one if he did it, but he's too nice is Jesus Trejo. Oh, yeah. He's just too nice. He's so nice. Um, but he's funny. He's so funny and so clever. Yeah, I mean, he grew up in a Hispanic culture where that's all they do all day is bust balls and roast <laughs> each other. No, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's that's why he's so good at it. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he uh, he didn't even use some of the meaner jokes I know he had uh, for Tony because he was like, yeah, he's my friend. I don't want to say that. Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, Ashley Barnhill's a great roaster. Mm. Um, you know, and then there's a couple uh People who primarily do undercards who are, you know, up and coming. Dan Nolan, uh, Tom Goss, uh, you know, Anna Valenzuela is really funny. Mm -hmm. Rena. Uh, Rena's great. Uh, so, uh, you know, the future of Roast Battle is bright, but they still need new people. Yeah. You know, because then the jokes won't get old on. Yeah, because there's only like so many fat jokes you can make about like me or Keith. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> Alex Hooper has dry skin. Well, we get it. We heard that the last battle. Yeah. Oh, Mead's Middle Eastern. We got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's only so many. I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's only so many jokes you can make about somebody before, you know, you know eat so, fresh meat. So for, you know, roast battle to, uh, you know, maintain it just, you know, if you're out there and think you can do it, just do an undercard, just get your feet wet and. You know, I mean, I don't like doing it. You know, it's, it's not really my style. You know, I, I, the only other one I would do is uh, a rematch with you in the belly room. Oh, that's <laughs> that sounds so stressful. <laughs> or, you know, I, I want to be like Chris Brown and only beat women. Uh, you and Sarah Tiana would be so great. Because we're friends and like, I, I don't know. Uh, She's so funny. So nice, too. You know, since I'm older and grew up with the Dean Martin roast, you know, I have to really love someone as a person and as a comic for them to shit on me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that all you L.A. comics out there, that pretty much rules you guys out. So, <laughs> um, you know, like Henchcliffe, I would do because we're, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say we're best friends, but like we're good enough friends where I could. I would love to see that. Well, you know, never say never, but uh, it's it's not my thing. I mean, you were a special uh, case because uh, we know each other so well, and yeah, you know, you know, I know you were going to say hurtful things about me, and I, mm. you know, I'm making fun of your uh, special needs sister, and it's like who's great. I make fun of my special needs sister, <laughs> but your sister's great. Like, She's nice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think uh, you know, making fun of. Uh, you know uh, certain situations in your past and you making fun of certain situations in my past i mean you really have to like the person yeah that's you really do is there anything i said that caught you off guard or anybody that any or any like because you were getting roasted by everybody when you went up is, is there something someone said that caught you off guard well it's and this is half the reason i wanted to do the podcast with you because i and there's a great uh, verbal violence podcast uh yeah, listen squad, to the Verbal Violence podcast. On uh, Death Squad, uh, yeah. which uh, basically, I, th I think they do it once a week. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been on, I think I was on the third episode. You've been on an episode. I uh, love that, yeah. Jason Reitman's uh, two-parter, and uh, they break down uh, the, uh, 
you know, uh, some of the battles and, and interview uh, the battlers so you can get everybody's perspective and how we write and stuff like that. It's really fun. And that's what I wanted to do today with you, because I don't think there's been like a specific standalone podcast with two people who've battled each other on uh yeah on what their strategy was maybe some jokes they didn't use yeah. why they didn't use them uh but in regards to your question i mean i had my six jokes in the order i wanted them uh and up until i hit the stage i really had no idea if i was going to go first or make you go first mm -hmm. um and just at the last second I thought I'll get a cheap laugh and say, uh, well, I came first last night. Mm. You go first. Okay. And then uh, what was the first joke you told? The first joke I told was um, <laughs> Earl's family has a lot of money, but his dick must have a trust fund too because it never works. And then I think <laughs> I, I had joke number one that I wanted to use, but it made no sense following that. So you did a rebuttal. So I did a rebuttal that was, I think it was something along the lines of, well, maybe my dick would work better if you didn't look like a hipster hamburglar. <laughs> and, and then I did a rebuttal to that because it was a kind of a fat joke almost. Um, It was like, it was enough of a fat joke to justify the comeback. And what, what was the comeback? The comeback was Earl... Uh, something about like Earl's calling me fat, but I would be in good shape too if I threw up every time I looked in a mirror. And then uh, <laughs> it was then I was like, all right, ditch the ditch the set list, if you will, and just do all rebuttals. Yeah, and apparently that worked because <laughs> you killed it. Well, but I barely won. I mean, I you uh, I uh, I got two out of the three votes, but yeah. even the people who voted for me were like said your jokes were better. But he was more in the moment. Yeah, you were performing. I was just, I mean, I was, I mean, obviously there's some level of performance that went into what I did, but I wasn't like owning the room. I was so focused on telling my jokes and not fucking up my lines. But I think, uh, you know, if you swap out those three judges for another three, you wouldn't want, like, you know, it could have, like this battle, in every battle that night was so close, but, you know, I'm, I was a little more in tune with you and I. I like to think the audience won. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they did, though. I mean, like, as cheesy as that sounds, I know. I mean, I said that to, like, like have to just be sarcastic and say something cheesy. But I, I like, at the end of the day, it was, it was just a fun show for everybody. I don't care if I won or lost, really. I mean, every, you know, some battles are, uh, or some sh weeks, it's like, you know, you have one great battle and maybe an average undercard and a bad undercard. I mean, this one was like an all-star lineup, except for me. I'm, I mean, I'm not really a battler. But, you were fantastic. But I mean, I'm not like a serious roaster. I, I was, <laughs> of the the eight battlers, the, the least experienced in terms. I mean, I've done three battles, but, you know, the first one was against Boone Chakalaka, the homeless transvestite. <laughs> and uh, although it... In the wrestling world, they would call that a jobber match. Uh, it ain't as easy as you'd think. Because mm -hmm. he just stares at you and says the same line. Who did your hair? Yeah. Well, you got AIDS. <laughs> Teacher's AIDS. <laughs> He's doing his material. And it's like, what do you rebut that with? <laughs> so, uh, well, that's kind of how I felt battling you. Because I was like, well, shit, now what do I say? <laughs> I mean, like, you obviously had better written jokes than Boone did, but like you just came so out of left field with so many things. I was like, well, there's no rebuttal for that. 
Well, that was the whole idea was to, you know, uh, come up with so many wacky, like, uh, I had a joke I didn't use, which was, uh, I'm not saying Olivia's addicted to food, but the first time we had sex and I pulled out, I had a turkey on my dick. Oh my God. <laughs> it ain't a great joke. Oh my God. But it's so stupid. How do you rebut that? What was the one that you showed me last? Like, seriously, if you had done that, I would have been laughing so hard. I wouldn't have even been able to continue. What was the one? Oh, it was <laughs> Olivia and I like to have rough sex. Her safe word is fuck me harder, you blind faggot. <laughs> oh, my God. I've been laughing about that since you showed me that joke. And if you had used it, I would have been laughing so hard. I couldn't have done another joke. Well, I oh, mean... my God. <laughs> Did you just go grab your tablet with all your jokes on it? Yeah. <laughs> because uh fuck me harder you blind faggot well i mean i thought because i was <laughs> trying to uh you know unfortunately and this is one of the the wacky things and you know the roast battle you have to make fun of uh certain situations that uh you know aren't the funniest <laughs> in real life and uh-huh. you had a uh you know a um an unwanted sexual advance in your past that uh-huh. was, you know uh was uh you know obviously nothing funny about that uh, mm. and for those of you too dumb to read between the lines uh, Olivia was sexually assaulted uh, you know and uh but in the roast battle it's fair target totally um, just like you know when- it's a fair target as long as you have a good joke about it oh yeah no oh absolutely i agree with that uh you know, just like I, we, when we gave each other a little dirt on each other, I uh, obviously probably the worst moment of my life is uh, other than starting comedy at 30 um, was uh, when my parents passed away two months apart. But in the world of roast battle, it's it's a uh, fair game. So I had a uh, a rape joke that, uh, you know, I guess I ended up telling at the uh, end uh, it's like a bonus. We did like a bonus. Our battle was so good. We did bonus jokes. We got bonus jokes. Um, so, uh, you know, that just gives you an insight for you non-comedy fans or non-roast battle people uh, as to how we attack each other. It's mm-hmm. nothing left. Uh, you know, if you're bald, there'll be bald jokes. If you have a big forehead like I do, that will be addressed. If you're fat or even on the you could be skinny, but if, if there's a fat joke to be told about you, it will be told. Ex-girlfriends are in play. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. You know, I had skin cancer, and I think you had one on that. I had one, and it was also a burn on your ex-girlfriend. Well, we don't have to get into that. That's another podcast. I do uh. want to do a podcast on exes, which I think uh. would be... Uh, well, but I mean, people... Yeah, that's true. You know, it's... I, with this podcast, and obviously, uh, you know, there's thousands of podcasts out there. And I've said this before. The beauty of podcasting is anyone can do it. Yeah. You need a Zoom recorder and two mics, and you can have a podcast. But that's also the n- negative part of it is anyone can do one. Uh, so I try and be different on this one at times. And I think, like, I know there's one podcast whose name escapes me where the guy brings on his exes. Oh, wow. That sounds terrifying. And uh, But, I mean, it would be compelling. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, 
I do want to say something about what you said, though, like where everything's on the table. I think, though, since everybody who battles, like we're all friends and it's a it's a game of respect. And I think that at the end of the day, if someone says, hey, can you not make a joke about this? I think it's your obligation to respect that, because if you're a good enough writer, um, you can write enough jokes about something else. Do you agree with me on that? Because I think that I would do that. But I think. You know, I like I was saying with, with the the top eight. You guys are all friends. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, but I, I think roast battle will get to the point where you're going to have a, you know, two people who don't know each other because you can't. You just can't have you against Pat. You can't have Leah against Keith. You, you know, you're going to have to like have matchups where the people don't necessarily know each other. No, and that's fair. But I, like, you know, what I'm saying is like it is like a it's a respect thing. Like you said, you most people that you respect. So I think that is, if someone really genuinely doesn't want something to be like, cause I'm an open book, like nothing's off the table for me, but, um, open casket as well. <laughs> Good one. Oh, uh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think there's like certain things. Well, I guess there are certain things in my life that I like, can't talk about. Um, for whatever reason, you know. So I don't know. I just, I just. Well, I think I know one area, and I, I, you didn't ask me not to joke about it, but I, uh, I had enough jokes where I, I didn't. Uh, you well, because it's not about me. It's not like like any like certain things I can't talk about. It's like they're not about me. It's like family stuff. That's it's supposed to. It it has to be private. I mean, uh, and I think that's. Out of respect for them, it has to be private. I like if it were up to me and they didn't have any stake in it, I wouldn't care because it's not personal to me. But like, there's just certain family stuff that should be private. You know, I feel really hurt if someone, um, you know, talked about something like that that I asked to keep private because it really, at the end of the day, has nothing to do with whether or not I'm offended by it. it has to do with the fact that it's someone else's life. Right. I mean, uh, and I think with our battle in particular, it was delayed so long that uh, I had, uh, you know, I think we, uh, I think we challenged each other. I don't think one person challenged. Do you remember when we did it? We had been joking about doing it for like a couple months and then we were out in front of the comedy store and you were like, what if we battled? And everybody was like, yeah, there were a group of like 20 people and they were like, duh, 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 duh. and then you put your hand out for me to shake it. You were like, let's battle. And I was like, okay. And I shook your hand and everybody was like, oh, fuck, oh, God. And then Moses was like excited right away. He's like, okay, you guys are doing it. And he gave us a date like right away. Do you November third. Everybody I do. was so excited. Yeah. And then uh, you know, unfortunately, there you know situations prevented uh, the November third battle from happening. Yeah. And uh, and then you are no longer allowed to, to be at the comedy store. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and oh, it tastes like breakfast burrito. Sorry, God. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the live podcasting world. And then. Uh, you know, since you couldn't do the uh, comedy store anymore until you're 21, it was like, well, let's do it at Riot. Yeah. So, but what people don't, people look at the jokes that I had, and I had probably about 400 jokes in my, from September to November 3rd, basically, I wrote five jokes a day on you. And most of them were horrible. Mm -hmm. 80% were horrible. 
but I would do it to get oh, to I know. those. I've read some of them. Oh, they're awful. Like here, I'm gonna I, my uh, my uh, iPad's uh, powering down, but uh, like just to show you how bad some of these jokes were. Here, here's one joke. I like a month in, I thought, wow, this is a good opener. It, uh, was uh, it restless turkey leg syndrome? No, that was my closer. Oh no! <laughs> if everything went right, uh, that was my closer. But like some of the jokes were just brutally bad like uh when olivia was a kid she found out there were four food groups and joined all four. Oh my god that's actually pretty funny <laughs> um i mean just so many bad one-liners and like uh what was the ihop one uh, olivia's favorite restaurant is ihop which is ironic because she can't oh my god <laughs> you know olivia's the only person who thought crate and barrel was a restaurant I like how you were like, I didn't have any fat jokes. <laughs> well, I, I they're indirect, that's for sure. Well, no, but. those are more me like, you know, but you know, what <laughs> I learned about uh one of your battles when you were uh I don't want to say attacked, but roasted with just primarily fat jokes, you you were killer in your rebuttals. I mean, because one, you're not fat, but you know, like I said, it in, in roast battle you have to uh, exaggerate the physical flaws of, of whoever you're roasting, and uh, it's just how it is. Yeah. You well, know. I'm definitely not skinny. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I think I had a pretty hacky joke about, you know. Please. Yeah, uh, you wear husky skinny jeans. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I mean, Olivia wearing skinny jeans. I'll take irony for 500, Alex. But but you had some bad ones on me too though. Give me give me a bad one that you had on me. Maybe the Kennedy. I know you had some Kennedy. Oh yeah. Well, I had I I worked on this joke and I could it had too many moving parts and I couldn't make it work. Um, but it was something about like Earl won't have sex with me when I'm on my period. He probably got his fear of bloody holes from his aunt Jackie. <laughs> But it wouldn't have worked because it's too much backstory because then I'd have to explain that you're related to vaguely related to Jackie Onassis somehow. But I had a comeback for that. If you had a Kennedy joke, I had a great comeback. What was the comeback? If you said anything about me being related to the Kennedys, I would have said, well, you know what, Olivia, I am a first cousin of the Kennedys, but you, my friend, will always just be the bride of Chucky. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's that's pretty funny. It's stupid. I but, like it. It would have it would have worked in the moment. I really uh, <laughs> concentrated on just being silly with you because you're too good with rebuttals. If it's just a, well, Olivia is blah blah blah. You know, just setting you up like the retarded kid playing t-ball. Uh, you know. Hey, don't talk about my sister right. like that. Well, no. Listen. You're, <laughs> I love your sister. You know I do. I mean, I don't know her that well, but your sister's... She's so sweet. She's sweet, but she's very slow. Very slow, but still faster than you. Um, okay. Hey. You cannot wait to get all these jokes out, can you? Is that, is that why we're doing this now? This is going to be a four-hour podcast. I, I, I can't believe... Like, I laughed so hard, though, when I read some of your jokes last night. Like, the, I, that, that safe word joke... Like, I can't stop thinking about it. It makes me laugh just to think about it. 
Well, for those of you wondering, last night over dinner, me and uh, Olivia uh, exchanged our basically our playbooks, if you will. Yeah, our set list, the jokes we didn't use. Uh, but I mean, the jokes like the, you know, what we thought. Uh, you know, like in my case, I had I think six jokes in the order I wanted them, and then I had about five or six uh, possibles, and I don't think I told. Uh, one joke in the order I wanted to. And of the six ones that I thought I was going to use, I think I ended up using two. Mm, but that ended up working for you. What well, did, but like my original strategy was to do the, the, uh, your, your breath smells so bad. It smells like you brush your teeth with your pussy. That's the joke that won you the battle. That was so funny. Even like, even I was laughing <laughs> like so hard. I was doubled over in laughter. That was my first joke that I was going to use. You were going to use that one first? And then the second joke was going to, I really thought you were going to come at me with an age joke. So I thought I'm going to do one first. I did hit you with it. That's really all I ended up writing that worked was the age jokes and the forehead jokes. To be completely honest with you. Um, and then I was going to do the sister joke. Oh yeah. Who doesn't drool in that family. You did end up doing that joke and it worked. And then I thought she's going to hit me with an age joke right around the third joke. So I had a rebuttal for that. Um, I think it was, uh, you know, I won't say what it is, but, you know, and then I think I had uh, the open casket joke. What was that joke? Uh, listen, if there's any industry in the room, Olivia is an amazing talent. So please sign her tonight because she's going to die very soon. <laughs> and uh, she's going to have an open casket. They won't be able to shut it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and then the closer was, I think, the one I closed on, which was probably the weakest response out of all the jokes. Which but. one was that? I thought you closed on the pussy joke. No, I think I closed with, uh, listen, Olivia's great. She's, look at her. She's got cankles on her forehead, uh, back acne on her tits, and neck fat on her pussy. <laughs> oh, God. So but, you, did, well, you did close on a pussy joke. Okay. But I think the uh, brushing the teeth joke won me the battle. Totally won you the battle. Uh, it's so funny. Because it, but I mean, it was still like, you know, Moshe seemed like he really wanted to vote for you but uh you know I, I mean in a one round battle and you know i think we did so this was almost a a two round battle basically it was i think we both got six jokes in uh but in a shorter battle it it's if you have that one killer joke it can win like last and even sometimes in a th th three round battle last uh week rena beat anna uh based for the most part on a first round joke uh which i think it, i i don't want to do her joke but it was something to the effect of anna anna lives in noho which is what guys call her or what guys say when she wants to have sex with them oh i feel bad i just butchered that joke that's such a funny joke but you get the gist of the it was yeah. a killer joke yeah. done live and in the moment and uh rena's so funny i love her yeah yeah no <laughs> there's a lot of uh you know younger male and female uh roasters coming up through the ranks like you know the, the top 30 roasters are all pretty good yeah and then uh you doug know doug fager oh doug fager is like someone that scares me he helped i think he both, helped both, both of us. us i i like when he and i were together like he's he's so good at thinking about one thing, like one feature of somebody 
and finding all the different angles to attack it. Like he and I, when we were together, we wrote like 30 jokes about your head. Yeah. And and we were only together for an hour. So I got my best jokes just from sitting and spitballing with him because his mind kind of like, he takes things in really into weird places. Um, and it helps get the wheels turning in my head and in different ways. You know, he's the best. I love working with him. And he's an amazing, uh, battler himself so i mean he's someone who on any given day could be one of the top eight like Mm -hmm. you know which is uh i think what you know has kept roast battle going is anyone can lose and anybody can do it you really can it's easy to get on that show uh yeah i mean i mean not anybody can do it like do it as in like do it well but i mean you could it's easy to get on the show you know well it's tough because you have to uh if you want to do it well and if certainly if you're going up against you or keith or pat or connor you definitely have to put the work in and you have to know what you're getting into yeah and it's you have to i think the better battlers really know how to uh, take it on the chin and you have to you can't act like it bothers you no you can't like, and you're going to hear some awful stuff about your family about uh you and you can't get like you know oh man that's not cool <laughs> you know you have to just you know like your forehead joke on me it's a great joke i, I have to laugh at it which one was that oh, oh the that, about that cracking the wall i mean it's just fucking funny <laughs> And although it certainly makes me self-conscious about my forehead. It shouldn't. You are very, very handsome. And well, I know, but I mean. You can you can still have a big forehead and be extremely handsome. Well, I do have it, but you have to own your faults. I have a big forehead, and I just found that out. Well, no, I mean, you know, if you were riding shotgun with my Uncle John that day, he'd still be alive. <laughs> hey That was a rebuttal I had in the hopper. Uh, if you, I thought you might do a joke about something about Kennedys and headshots. Uh, so I had, you know, the thought crossed my mind, but I mean, that was one of the funner things about this for me was it's like a football game. It it really is. You're guessing what the other side is going to hit you with. And, you know, I think the best battlers and that's why you're so good. That's why, you know, Leah's so good. Uh, Pat, you know, I mean, Leah knows a nose joke is coming. Uh, Pat knows, if, and once again, it's like you. He's not fat, but you know he's maybe not the skinniest guy or whatever. So uh, you know, and uh, you know, Keith Carey knows. Uh, you know, a body joke is coming, and and you know, Doug Fager knows a, a dead, dead brother, brother joke is coming. You know, uh, you know, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe would know. You know, his association with Jeff Ross or Rogan would be brought into it. Yeah. Uh, you know well i i I don't know if i got the uh, an exact answer when i asked this but i really am curious is there anything i said that caught you off guard oh i'm sorry uh no no i'm actually genuinely curious uh well the first joke i i uh you know and i I mean the first joke caught me off guard from the standpoint of i really thought you were going to come out of the shoot with an age joke like earl is so old 
I guess it was indirectly an age joke though, because it was about how you're. It was like an erectile dysfunction joke, which is a symptom of old age. Right. Um. And you know, but that like that's one of my. Uh, I guess you'd say roasting weaknesses. You know, I buy a dick pill a week from Seven Eleven. It's maintenance. That doesn't make sense. Well, listen, and but you have to like. I mean, I think you have to be. Uh, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a good roaster, but like, you know, you have to, like, if you drink a lot, you have to own it and go, okay, I'm a drunk. What do you got? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you're short or whatever, any physical defect you may have, bald, fat, yeah. uh, um, you know, you fucked, uh, you know, sometimes in the belly room shows anyway, it's a little more inside baseball jokes. You know, if you've slept with someone in the room, that will be brought up, uh, you, you know, and, and you have to, I think the better roasters really own their weaknesses. Yeah. So it lessens the blow. Uh, I agree. But now I'm curious about what you think 7-Eleven dick pills do. They make your dick work. Listen. Like, but they make your dick work like when you take them. Like, they, it's not like. Well, I take it for maintenance, man. I'm 47 years old. The, the body, well, what it used to be. But I mean, as far as I know, the way that they work is you take them and they help you get a boner like that the time you take them. No, not no, like Not like four days after that. No, you're wrong. It's it's maintenance. You know, it's Do like you think taking, that might be psychological? No, no. Trust me, it's not. It's taking vitamins for your dick. That's it, so not what it is. It really is because I have a dick and I know how to, you know... We we've have to all, call a doctor about this. We've all seen the picture. You uh, do have an incredible dick. It's big. It's girthy. And if there was a Yelp review uh, of it's, my dick. It's it, always clean. Five stars, baby. Your urethra always looks like it's smiling. It's fantastic. Yeah, my dick is happy. I you mean, have a great dick. It gets to live a fun life. But I'm, I'm almost certain that those dick pills aren't helping. Well, it's it's a vitamin for your dick. It's it's a, people take vitamins for their heart and eyesight. I, yeah, they're called vitamins. <laughs> and so are these, brother. I love you. And you know, who told you that the cashier at Seven Eleven? Yeah, Fahid. <laughs> so, uh, but let's keep this back to Rose. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Well, you, forgive me. I've been talking about roast battle all weekend. I want to get into something else. <laughs> well, I know, but this, uh, unfortunately, episode 101 is about roast battles. So <laughs> you're right, you're right. Episode you're right. 102 will be about, uh, I don't know, the bass player from Dawkins and his solo project. Okay. Well, forgive me for being curious about the dick pills thing. I just have questions. That's all. What's Mostly because I don't want to, like, I don't want you to die of a stroke. But I'm never dying. I'm going to live forever. You. What makes so, you think that? I, I'm curious. Because, man, Tony Robbins says, see it, believe it, think it, achieve it. I'm going to I'm going to be around. for. I'm the first human to live forever. <laughs> so deal with that, all you weenies in the back in the room on Saturday night who thought you could do better. That's why you paid $15, and I got paid along with Olivia, Leah, Pat, Connor, Joe, Sarah, and Guy. And you can stop sending me jokes on Olivia. The battle's over for two days, you tell me. It's, I literally still have people sending me jokes on you. It's like, you know the battle. Do you really? You know, the battle's 48 hours ago. All these Palmers. Unbelievable. Big things coming, though, for Roast Battle. Can't keep, wait. keep your eyeballs peeled. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not at liberty to discuss, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, and uh, I'd like to do the next few minutes and I'm sure you do as well. A lot of people to thank for roast battle success. Uh, you know, Brian Moses, the, uh, creator of it. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's uh, really the perfect host for the show. I mean, he's likable. He's funny. Uh, he can take it and give it, which is key for a show of this nature. And he's really easygoing. He's like a great contrast to the clusterfuck that is that show with the wave and the haters and the judges and the battles and the audience and my wits. Like everybody's so high energy and Moses is so calm. And he Coach really brings T. the show together. Yeah. I mean, Coach T might be the funniest guy overall in the room with his, I don't know how he does it, but like he's so quick when someone does a specific joke about, you know, what, uh, I don't know, the Pearl Harbor and it bombs, Coach T will have a plain sound, you know, you know, uh, and then uh, Gordon Downs helping uh, in the back as well as, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes players, Josh Martin. Uh, make sure the sound is great every week. Uh, you know, Meyerowitz, uh, you know, getting the crowd going. Jay Light and Josh Waldron. Yeah, Jay Light doing the Periscope fee. And Jay Light's another great roaster. Yeah. Uh, he's an amazing roaster. Um, Josh Waldron doing the recaps every week. And it's not just like two sentences, like, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Bikai, good battle. He, like, breaks down the jokes that they've all both told makes fun of everybody yeah makes fun of everyone and then uh you know and that's a you know i think that helps create interest in the show for people who can't be there you know aren't into periscope and jay light's periscope is on point i mean you know it's uh jay light's like a a cameraman for a hockey game like people don't realize the cameraman in a hockey game are amazing to mm. follow that puck. Puck's going 100 miles an hour, and you get the puck every time in the camera shot because, uh, like Jay Light, they anticipate, you know, okay, the haters are about to say something. I'm going to put the camera on them, and then probably the wave will do something, and they'll put the camera on them, and, and Moses and the judges. and you know. Yeah, and I mean, as somebody who has to watch it every week on Periscope from my dirty little apartment, like, it's it's almost as good as being there. Yeah, because I mean, Jay's it, so good at it. I mean, I think that one night we went to Alice Cooper, and uh, we, we watched met, it on Paris. Yeah, it was like it was like it's really the only thing next to being there. Yeah. Uh, so it it's uh, go to the Comedy Store's Periscope. Uh, was it uh, at Roast Battle? Or, I think so. Uh, go to the Comedy Store's Periscope feed, and every Tuesday around eleven thirty, they uh, film the undercards and uh, of course the main event, and uh, it's a great way to watch. Uh, roast battle if you can't be there yeah uh now did anything i say throw you for a loop no because i um i pretty much know what people are going to go after i will say though um i can't remember if it was during roast battle or something someone said offhandedly but the only time i've ever been taken aback by a joke was when someone made fun of my forehead and I've been dealing like it was like a month ago and it's been or maybe like two months ago or something. But I think Keith made fun of my forehead and I've been dealing with that reality ever since because I had no idea I had a big forehead. <laughs> like someone's because like, I know what people are going to go after for the most part because there's a lot wrong with me. There's the Adderall addiction and the the being adopted and the special needs sister. And like I'm I'm pretty self-aware. I know everything that's wrong with me. Except for the fact that I have a big forehead. I learned that like a month and a half, two months ago. And it's been, I've been having to like 
processed that information ever since. It's the only time I've ever been taken aback by a joke was when I didn't know that that was something that was wrong with me. <laughs> well, I don't think it's wrong with you. I mean, you don't have a small head. I mean, that was one of the jokes I forgot to do. And it, it probably, now nothing was going to get the crowd back after the uh, walnut joke because it was just, that's like the perfect roast joke. It's just, there's, there's just, but I, it's it's seriously one of my favorite things I've ever written. Well, it's just it's short, it's concise, it paints a picture, and it's a fucking boom uh, punchline. Uh, I had a joke in the early formation of, uh, and just goes to show you how jokes can change. When I first wrote it, it was Olivia's got the weight of the world on her shoulders, her ankles, her hips, her thighs, and then. Uh, I don't want to out the person who helped me, but they were like, well, no, what you do is talk about her big head and, and say it like this. Olivia has a huge head. I mean, she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders. I think it would have been better if you had done it the other way around. It's like, Olivia's got the weight of the world on her shoulders. It's all in her head. <laughs> well, that's how... Because that's a punch that, you know, it. you know what I mean? But that was the fun thing, like, Looking back at some of the jokes I that ended up using and how when I first wrote them, they were horrible. And Fuck me harder, you blind faggot. Yeah, because I was trying to <laughs> do if I did a rape joke early and I was too scared to do it, but I was going to maybe do a callback, you know, about, your, you know, your safe word. And, uh, but, uh, you know, just... You also lose track of time up there. You you might go in there with a game plan and six jokes to say, when to say this, what to rebut with what. Right. But uh, you get the, uh, you know, I think you said it best, like you lose stream of consciousness up there. Yeah, I, I completely tune out everything when I'm up there. Like I heard the judges heckling me, but I almost didn't hear them. Like yeah. It was just noise. And I like I I didn't even hear Joe DeRosa's I I mean I heard him say I look like an out of work painter. <laughs> <laughs> what did Connor say? You look like you're about to embarrass a bunch of kids as a chaperone of their school dance. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you know I am not the L.A. Riot uh, or Riot L.A. Uh, L.A. Riot was another festival. Yeah. Uh, didn't work out so good for Reginald Denny. Mm -hmm. Had a couple hits, though. Bricks to the head. Boing, 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 boing. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, Riot LA is an alternative comedy festival, so you won't see mainstream comics there. You won't. And I would say Roast Battle is uh, somewhat of an alternative show. I mean, it's, you know, it's not a mainstream uh, idea, I guess, just because the approach that we all take. You know, you're not going to have a mainstream show on ABC with something called the Negro Wave and the House Haters and, uh, you know, in the early days, the House Racist. I mean, it's something that, you know, is fairly alternative in its concept. So you get people at this festival like a Todd Glass, a TJ Miller, Pat Oswalt, um, Moshe Kasher, you know, the Sklar Brothers, mm -hmm. Joe DeRosa. Um, I guess you'd say edgier comics. Uh, or people who aren't afraid to take risks. It's not. Yeah. It's not like corporate comedy where it's like, hey, boy, this is crazy, man. You ever flick a booger on the wall and have it look at you and say, what's up? Well, you know. You're not 
You know, you're not going to hear jokes like that. <laughs> your understanding of corporate comedy and your explanation of it is like my favorite thing ever. <laughs> but I mean, like, I'll, I'll... Well, I would say, I would say that the crowd at that festival is very progressive. Right. They're more into... Uh, like all related to shoes like you know nike and adidas are corporate you know they get the big rappers of the day to hawk their shoes and you know it it's like very polished mm -hmm. uh, and you know like a shoe company like say vans who doesn't have celebrity endorsers and it, they more or less are a street team of skateboarders and surfers and you know regular people yeah. they would be like the alternative shoe company and yeah or i think of it too if you just look at who's on tv doing what you know you look at like the like not that there's anything wrong with it i mean jesus i'd kill to be on nbc but like you know nbc is cleaner and more corporate you know that like the network shows are cleaner and um and then i guess maybe edgy is the right word because some of the edgier stuff is on like fx and ifc and Right, like, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy would never have worked on NBC. Right. I mean, you know, especially season two when they did the white supremacy, uh, Henry Rollins, so, some of his tattoos would not have gotten past the mm -hmm. network sponsors. Or, you know, you look at yeah. a show like The Wire on HBO, you never could have had it on NBC. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think a show that's on NBC that could be better on, like an alternative channel, like a Netflix, or it's like Shades of Blue with Ray Liotta. Yeah, that's a good show, though. It's a good show, but it's kind of cookie cutter, you know, bad, you know, rogue cop, you know, gone bad, you know, whereas the, on like HBO or Netflix. It's safe on NBC. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a cop drama by the numbers. Sure. You know, you have the one rogue cop, and then you have the cop who's on the borderline of should he be, should she, it's Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo. You know, whereas like The Shield, uh, which was uh, created by Kurt Sutter, the creator of Sons of Anarchy, mm -hmm. uh, that was on FX, and it was great. They they did some wild scenes in there. Like The Shield is basically what Shades of Blue, uh, you know, the the how Shades of Blue could be. You know, about yeah. dirty cops and all that stuff. So uh, I, I like, even though I'm not an alternative comic, uh, I, I like alternative comedy better than, you know, like just the corporate, like, man, I went on Tinder the other night. Boy, it's crazy swiping right. I got carpal tunnel. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... But you know, I mean, that's like, I know exactly what you're talking I about. I mean, corporate comedy is is kind of like hacky, observational. Like, oh, I was on a plane. You ever notice a plane shaped like a big dick? Oh my god! You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, but hey, to each his own. I'm a fan of anyone who makes it in this business, and I yeah. really mean that. You make money in comedy. I don't care what kind of comedy you do. Good, you know. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. So Fair uh, enough. now what's up next for you? I know that, uh, you know, uh, you would definitely, well, you, let's talk a little bit about, um, roast battle. The film was in the uh, Sundance film festival. Yeah. I uh, heard good things about it. A short directed by Jason Reitman mm -hmm. and, uh, whose dad is Ivan Reitman. So it, you know, it's funny. 
a couple of weeks ago, Jason brought his dad into see roast battle, mm-hmm. and the age demographics were great because people my age, you know, if you're say thirty five and up, were like, oh my god, Ivan Reitman's in the room, uh, Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters. I think he uh, did something on Animal House. I'm not, uh, I'm pretty sure he was involved in Animal House. So I mean, you're talking, you yeah. know. One of the greatest comedy directors of all time. In my mind, the greatest. Mm. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Farrelly brothers and the Cohen brothers, Cone they're brothers great too. Sure, yeah. uh, you know, the Zuckers, you know, who did the airplane movies. Judd Apatow. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's like roast battle. It's very subjective. But, I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, Ivan Reitman's like. You know, big time. But then anyone under 35 is like, oh, my God, Jason Reitman's in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, Juno, thank you for not smoking. Thank you for smoking. Oh, sorry. See, that's, you know, sorry, Jason. Well, he's probably it's not okay. listening to this. <laughs> I was going to say he probably wasn't. <laughs> it's possible. He might anyway, be. I mean, you know. This, he's a fan of yours. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, you know, uh, you know, I pitched him my idea uh, about a all-black hockey team winning the Stanley Cup. He didn't outright reject it. I mean, I only have one scene written, but I mean, you know, I'll just get points on the back end. It's kind of like, uh, I can't give away, uh, you know, the plot of the movie, but let's just say it's like Roots meets Blazing Saddles, which is a little bit of slap shot. But, um, so if you're a black, uh, an African-American gentleman who can ice skate, uh, just uh, PayPal me $500 at uh, eastskakel at AOL.com. I'll get you in advance. We'll do a table read at... Uh, the Popeyes on the Brea. And, uh, um, <laughs> can you please say your uh, joke today when we were driving in a rough neighborhood? I, I had oh, to get my, uh, I'm having so car racist. problems. My battery uh, from my alarm is a little on the fritz. So we had to go into the Dodge dealership in a really rough neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, God. And um, what did I say? Oh, yeah, we we were driving around and I was like, oh, that's, that's how you know you're in a rough neighborhood is when there's a Popeyes and a crowd. Yeah, I mean, line out, line out the <laughs> I door. I felt bad about that. That was pretty racist. <laughs> well, it's not re- racist if it's realistic. I mean, uh, well, I guess I just made it racist by saying it was racist. I thought it was uh, like a matinee showing of Django Unchained at the Magic Johnson Theater. Okay, but... you definitely made it racist. Oh, <laughs> but I grew up in a different era. Like, yeah, you know, in the seventies, where like, you know. Uh, like there was a movie called Kentucky Fried Movie that was so politically incorrect. There's no way you could get this movie made today. That sounds awesome, though. But well, there's this one scene in particular in regards to race where it's really set up well. Um, I think the Zucker brothers had something to do with this movie, uh, and uh, it's set up by this really good-looking guy in an evil Knievel uh, costume, and he's like uh, Rex Kramer world's most dangerous stuntman he has to confront danger oh, I've seen <laughs> live it learn it and love it rex kramer and they show this nerdy guy putting on like a stuntman's costume and he puts his hands in the air like he's a hero and you hear some voices in the back and they show this nerdy white guy putting on his stunt helmet and then he walks into the middle of these black guys playing craps and the guy just at the top of his lungs yells the n-word and then he starts running and the black guys chase him you couldn't do that scene today in a movie you oh just... no not at all but they do a movie like Django Unchained so maybe you could but you are the uh maybe stars the wrong word maybe it's the right word you are the uh 
I guess the focus of uh, the roast battle uh, short movie by Jason Reitman. I I mean that's what I've been told. <laughs> because you have a great story. I mean, twenty well, or at the time, nineteen years old. You're like this amazing battler. You've uh, you own your your roasting flaws. You know. Uh, you know, you know where people are going to hit you and you cut them off at the pass. It's like, now you're not fat, but you know, you basically say to whoever you're roasting, okay, I'm fat. What else you got? Uh, okay. My, I've got bad skin tonight. You ain't no model either, brother, <laughs> you know? And so versus some people who do it, not many, but some are like, if, if you are a little heavy, they're like, oh, I'm not fat. What are you talking about? And they right. are combative. Where I think it's harder if you, uh, you make it harder on the other roaster if you accept it. Well, you just have to own it. Because if someone makes a joke about you looking a certain way or having a certain feature and it gets a laugh, you have that feature enough for the audience to agree with the comic that said that joke so that you do have that feature. At least in the audience's eyes. So if someone... Like, I know I'm not, like, obese or anything, but I'm certainly not in the best shape I've ever been in. So if someone tells a fat joke and it lands, you know, my job is to own it because the audience has agreed with that comic that I'm fat enough to laugh at it, which is fine. So that's right. why you have to own it. Because if you don't own it, you're disagreeing with the audience and they'll turn on you. And that's what I think we saw in one of your battles where... uh yeah, it um, happens. I mean, you know, uh, you had landed a big line, and then the comic was kind of, you know, turned on. Actually, the comic turned on the audience and was like, well, you know, I disagree. And then they turned on them, and then, you know, they lost the battle, not solely on that, but, you know, it, it didn't. I mean, it's weird because in the battles, uh, in the headlining battles, which you only do, of course. Uh, the 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 audience doesn't vote, but I think they heavily influence the judges. Oh, for sure, and them whether or not they laugh at you heavily influences. Right, right. The, it heavily influences what what um what your presence is on stage. I mean, if they stop, if they don't laugh at one of your jokes, it'll fuck up your next two or three jokes because you'll lose the confidence. You know what I mean. And have you ever had, because that was my biggest fear going into the battle with you and really my other three battles. Uh, you what, know. that you would have a joke that wouldn't land and you would have to catch up? What, well, yeah, well, especially in a one round uh, battle, you know, if you, especially early on, um, if you lose the crowd, you're basically down one zero yeah. before the, the other comic even says anything. So then if like you say a line that works, you're down 2-0 and you only got like four more cracks. So you have to hope now that you have two home runs. Yeah. And the other roaster doesn't have any, which isn't likely. Right. Um, and then, you know, so it's so much strategy. Like my first joke, the pussy joke, I had practiced that joke so many times, but sometimes I would get the wording wrong and I would be like, your teeth smell so bad your breath smells like it brushes with your pussy like i kept messing up the the yeah uh the order it was you know um breath teeth pussy is the right order but i would sometimes when i was practicing say teeth first and then i'm like god and i knew i would be super nervous yeah 
because this is the first battle I've done where I didn't know what was coming. And there was a lot going on, but the way that you like, um, well, the way that you channel your nervous energy into doing something, you know, and into like being funny, you channel it into, um, like anxiety, like you, like, do you, do you know, do you know what I like? Uh, like when I get nervous, I shut down. And when you get nervous, you channel it into energy on stage. And that's what I love about watching you. Can I comment on the fact that you're taking a picture of me right now? Cause I'm like stuttering. <laughs> it's Sorry about it. I was taking pictures. That's okay. I, listen, uh, I just didn't want any dead air while I'm like staring at your camera. <laughs> this goes back to, uh, you people out there who are complaining when I'm taking a picture. Uh, guess what? You do this for 101 episodes. If you could do a better job, I'll give you all my equipment and I'll quit the game. Yeah, I'm six episodes into my podcast and I'm like, holy shit, how am I going to get to 100 episodes? It's tough. <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, because the way I do it, it's tough because I force people to come to my home. I uh, um, And I've lost a lot of good interviews. Uh, because people don't want to come to your house? Either they don't want to or they can't. Okay. Like I will say, I will name this one person because he's been incredibly cool. Yeah. And uh, he has been very gracious. The great rock and roll drummer, Ken Mary, who uh, at one point drummed for Alice Cooper Ooh. Uh, in the mid 80s uh, when he uh, came back. Yeah. And uh, I reached out to him. I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. I'm a big fan of you know your time in Alice Cooper and the many other things you've done. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, just uh, Skype me and we'll do an hour or two. And I'm like, uh, you have to come to my house. And he was like, well, I live in Arizona. So. Uh, oh, wow. You, okay. But I, he he would be the, a great interview because of his history in music. Yeah. Um, I also uh, reached out to the drummer from Pat Benatar, who uh, I think I approached him in the wrong way. And uh, What'd you say? Well. And you're honest. That's why I love about um, you and I is we're very honest with each other. Yeah. I thought this would be funny. Now, the drummer from Pat Benatar, the original drummer, uh -huh. his name is Myron Grumbacher. Okay. And if you're a Pat Benatar fan, he's a drummer with red hair. He is a very animated drummer. Like he would stand up instead of sit down and he, he would like jump in to the drums. Like he was just, or he was a showman and a great drummer. And uh, right now he sells high-end Porsches oh, okay. in Woodland Hills. And here was my idea. I, and he did email me back. I will give him this. My idea for a funny video, and I was going to pitch it to Funny or Die, was I go down to the Porsche dealership to test drive a Porsche from him. We get in the car and I said, hey, I really want to do this to music, you know, complete the experience. He pulls out a Pat Benatar CD, puts it in. We go for a test drive. We get back to the parking lot. And he goes, what you think? I'm like, the car is great, but the drummer on that song sucks. And that's about the reaction I got from him. What did he say? What, what did he email you back with? Like, he said, I'd have to think about it. And looking back, I think he thought I was insulting him. Oh. Uh, like... And I, you know, and I, and I feel I will buy a Porsche from him one day and I'm going to walk into that dealership and, and I'm going to say, listen, I'm the guy three years ago who pitched that pretty bad video idea. He probably won't even remember. Uh, but I thought I, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of his. 
Of course. But, um, so I do. Uh, you should go talk to him in person. I'm sure he would love you. Yeah, but I, I don't want to do it until I can afford to buy a Porsche. Oh, yeah, so. that's fair. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to walk but in. But before I buy you it. You can't buy a Porsche from him. No, I visualize it. <laughs> I'm gonna write, I'm gonna put a blank check in front of his face. I'm gonna say I want that white automatic G5 Porsche. But before I put my signature on that check, you're gonna do a podcast with me in the car. Oh um, my god, that would be so fun. So, uh, but it is hard to get people to come to your podcast and and yeah, you know, sit down and. But I like looking at people's eyes and, and like it's like a talk show in here. No, it is. I think people are comfortable on the couch. Of I mean, of course. So I love this couch. I used to sleep on this couch. <laughs> yes, originally. <laughs> that's uh, how we met. That's how we met. Uh, <laughs> uh, Olivia was couch surfing when she was a, uh, you know, she's from Orange County or she's from Minnesota, but you know her. her uh, mom great mom lives in orange county and uh you know shout out to my mom she's the best sorry. absolutely she is the best and brando the german shepherd yes and uh but uh you know comics do this frequently when you know they're coming into hollywood and don't have a place to stay they couch surf and uh you were nice enough to offer me a couch to sleep on yeah yeah absolutely yeah. so uh and here we are you know battling against each other so you're in the Sundance film uh, uh, roast battle. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, until you do another roast battle, if you do one, uh, what's what do you have going on where people can follow you? You've got the uh, cartoon series. Yeah, I have a or car- comic. I'm sorry. It's it's a, a, it, oh, I don't I, I don't even know what to call it. But does care. it offend you when someone says uh, cartoon versus comic? No, because I have no I, I like I don't even know what I'm supposed to call it. I don't really give a shit <laughs> either way. Um, I just enjoy doing it. And then I'm not going to be picky about what it's called because I honestly don't even know. But yeah, if you go to my website, you can see pretty much everything I do. It's um, oliviaisfunny.com. Uh, and I designed my website myself thanks to Squarespace. Oh, we should wait till they pay you for me to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you uh, hey, have- <laughs> while you're a roast battle, if you're really into weed... Speedweed. L.A. Speedweed. L.A. Oh, is it L.A. Speedweed or just Speedweed? I have no idea. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if there's... Comp- you know, I don't smoke, but uh, Speedweed, I think it's just Speedweed. Uh, is... I have no clue. Well, look up Speedweed first, if not L.A. Speedweed. They uh, <laughs> are sponsors. One of those two is sponsors of the Roast Battle. <laughs> We're um, good at this, aren't we? So, uh, yeah. Now you know why I don't have any sponsors. Well, I do have one sponsor, and that is yeah. at Mike Knuckles. That's... On Twitter at Mike Knuckles, M I C Knuckles, uh, and that's Stephen Piercy, the singer from Rats uh, Company, where he has uh, these cool things that look like brass knuckles that are microphone holders. So if you're a singer, comic, uh, any kind of podcaster. artist, podcaster, podcaster, uh, go on that and uh, support Stephen Piercy. Yeah, and uh, I'd also like to thank Stevie Rochelle from the '80s band Tough. That's T U F F for every week providing the music. To inappropriate Earl. That's the tough song forever yours that you hear at the uh, beginning and end of every single episode. And uh, I no longer advertise on his website, but if you're a metalhead, go to uh, www.metalsludge.tv. If uh, you're a metalhead, that's the only place to go. Uh, breaking news, uh, gossip boards that are great. Uh, if you like winger, you can be called a faggot uh, by someone in Minnesota who doesn't like winger. And uh, it's, it's good stuff there. They should have the presidential election debates uh, argued like uh, 
the gossip board on Metal Sludge. I mean, it's 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 really. I don't laugh at much. For those of you who know me, when I go on a gossip board thread about a certain band, uh, it's the funny. I I spit out whatever I'm drinking <laughs> because he's. It's just the passion, and it's really who I want as a fan base are like metalheads because they're so passionate about the bands they like. And, and even if the bands like, obviously the bands for the most part that metal sludge covers are not popular anymore. And, you know, only on metal sludge can you have seven front page articles on rat in 2016. So, uh, or the, the bass player from bang tango leaving to join enough is enough. It's like breaking news. You know, like the Iowa caucus today on CNN. It's like sludge is like the CNN for metal. Um, so check out Stevie's site. He's a good friend of mine. And uh, any uh, big comedy shows coming up, Olivia? Um, I actually just got an email about doing the Laugh Factory, so I'll have to let you know when that is. Well, <laughs> okay, well. That's but- like the closest thing I have to a show. <laughs> This uh, <laughs> this episode will be out before that uh, information is released to the public. But uh-huh. uh, follow. Well, where can people follow you on Twitter? Follow me on Twitter at lol Olivia Grace. Um, and if, if you're in LA, I'm doing the Truth or Dare show at Echoes Under Sunset on February 26th. And Instagram is the uh, same thing. Yeah. And I just wanted to plug one show, so I feel like I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got something you can plug. Boy, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you want to go rub our pussies together? Don't. That was a joke I forgot to do. What? Like, you know, most people when they're dating, they uh, get each other like an anniversary gift, you know, flowers, chocolate, uh, you know, jewelry. Uh, Lube. I, I got Olivia plunger. <laughs> oh. But let me say this on the real. Uh you know, you are a much better roaster than I am. Much better. Uh, I just, you know, did a little bit more shtick than you did. And uh, it was an honor to roast you. It was an honor to roast you, too. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, I you, really had fun. You really are. Uh, when you are 21, if you still choose to do roast battle, people, it, she's amazing. And uh, it was uh, an honor to go up against her. I'm, I'm, I was way out of my league. I just got into the wrestling character and it you killed it you know we both killed it that was the great thing is every battle was great i don't think one joke bombed on all four battles no which is rare you you know you think that's 24 25 jokes told between the eight of us uh you know maybe no that would be like six jokes 12 jokes a battle so that's you know 48 to 50 jokes were told that night and not one you know ate it no it was great Uh, so that's you know the the other seven battlers were on a much higher level than I am as a roaster, but it was still fun to be a part of. And uh, if you are in L.A., uh, go to the comedy store uh, any night, but specifically Tuesday night in the belly room, about 11, 11 15. But you, you got to get there early because the room every week is standing room only. Um, I think tickets are five bucks if you want an actual seat on the floor or you can stand in the back. But it's not the most comfortable, you know, because it's it's. It is packed, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great show every week. Uh, you know, tomorrow night, uh, which will be Tuesday the second, I believe. Uh, yeah. If you're not watching the O.J. Simpson story on FX, we have a, a great card tomorrow with the headlining bout: Dan Nolan against Tom Goss. Oh, that's gonna be so good. 
and uh, yeah they're two good friends and they'll go you know much like me and olivia uh they'll go after each other but hug uh you know and uh and then some fun fun battles coming up uh and uh, if you can't be there go on the comedy store uh, periscope yeah uh, i think i think it's at the comedy store it might be just at roast battle it is at, i think it's at roast battle okay so check out at roast battle on periscope uh also on twitter at roast battle uh I think on Instagram it's Roast Battle Show, uh, and then uh, in Verbal Boxing they have two. Uh, Verbal Boxing I think is the Instagram. I'm not sure though. But they I think they have two uh, accounts on Instagram: uh, Roast oh. Battle Show and Verbal Boxing. I am on Twitter and Instagram at just Earl Skakel E A R L S K A K E L. Of course, inappropriate Earl. I try and do it every week, but it is hard sometimes to. Uh, uh, do it every week just due to people uh, having trouble getting here or whatnot. Uh, but we are on iTunes and SoundCloud, and I really appreciate the reviews on iTunes. It does mm -hmm. help. I think I have about 100, which is a lot, but if there's a couple hundred iTunes notices, stuff like that, and you move up the, the ladder a little bit. And uh, as usual, I, you know, we get a lot of listeners for each episode, and I appreciate every one of them. Mm -hmm. And if Everybody did this. I know. You're my bucket list guest. You know what number one bucket list guest is? Tweet at Gene Simmons. What? Just make it cute. Don't be obnoxious. I know we can get Gene on. Uh, Billy Idol. I think it's at Billy Idol. His guitar player, Steve Stevens. I don't think he's on Twitter. Uh, and John Glover, the actor, the bad guy from 52 pickup. It is my bucket list goal to have him on my couch and to have him call me sport. Uh, 52 pickup. Check out that movie. It should have been a bigger movie. Roy Scheider and Margaret John Glover as the bad guy. Clarence Williams, the third link from the mod squad. John Frankenheimer directing Elmore Leonard novel. It just, I don't know why this movie wasn't big, but, and my retro movie of the day to check out. And this movie, excuse me, uh, <laughs> had the misfortune of coming out the same weekend as Star Wars. So it just it was not going to be a good uh, omen. Uh, check out the movie with Richard Widmark, George Siegel, and the great Timothy Bottoms in the movie Roller Coaster about a man who blows up roller coasters all over the country. And uh, it's for 1977. It's very well done, and uh, I love that movie. And I'm a big Richard Widmark fan. Uh, he was also great in Against All Odds as the bookie. So uh, this has been an episode 101 of Inappropriate Earl. I hope you uh, enjoyed it, Olivia Grace. Thank you very much, not only for battling me this weekend, but for coming down and doing another episode. You are a two-time guest now. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And uh, please follow Olivia Grace. She's uh, going to be a big star in this business. And uh, That's sweet of you to say. Well, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, Stevie Wonder could see that you're going to be a player in this business. So uh, Stevie Wonder. He's a, uh, I'm just kidding. You know, Ebony and Ivory guy. Yeah. He didn't I know. know. Who, I know who Stevie Wonder is. <laughs> he did that song with Michael Jackson. He probably didn't know he, that guy was molesting kids. But hey, <laughs> he's blind. How he, was he supposed to say? But, uh, hey, but what the hell? Stevie Michael Jackson's blind? Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I guess Michael Jackson could moonwalk, so it all works out in the end, right? If you have a talent, start molesting kids. You'll you'll fly by. Uh, I, I can't no. listen to Michael Jackson because of that. He's so talented as a musician. Yeah. 
And Eddie, he did bring in Eddie Van Halen to play the solo on beat. And the great Steve Stevens, Billy Idol's guitar player, did the solo on Dirty Diana. Um, so there you go. Check out Steve Stevens' solo album, Flamenco A Go Go. The guy can play. Every person I've had listened to that album has gone, this guy's great. Who is it? And you're like, it's Steve Stevens. And you show them a picture of Steve Stevens who looks like a Jersey Shore housewife. And they're like, oh. And But, you know, so don't judge a book by its cover. And I'll be selling copies of my uh, AIDS biography, um, Two Lips on My Organ. Uh, it's a biography about Liberace. Uh, be at Book Soup. And oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the first joke I ever did on stage. Seriously? Yeah. I was like, I, I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. And Michael Collier, who you might remember as in the first Tony Robbins commercial, he made his living, much like the great New York street performer Charlie Barnett, who was a mentor and still is to Dave Chappelle. Uh, you know, in, but he, uh, Michael Collier was in Venice Beach doing the same thing. You get these huge crowds, mm. and he was running a show in Beverly Hills in like 1999. And I asked him if I could do stand up, and I had no material. And I was doing the, the worst jokes you could humanly possibly. Like, hey, everyone, I just wrote a book about astronomy. It's called How to Find Your Anus. That's adorable. And a look on Michael Collier's face. He turned white. And Michael Collier's pretty black. And I'm like, hey, you think that's bad? I just did a movie about Liberace. Yeah, it's called Two Lips on His Organ. <laughs> I mean, the worst jokes. <laughs> oh, God, that's horrible. I love it. And I saw him at the comedy store the other day. And I'm like, hey, man, you probably won't remember this, but you put me up in around 1999 at your, your, that restaurant gig in Beverly Hills, Obachine. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. You told the Liberace joke. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, Michael Collier, thank you for putting me up and putting me on a 16-year path to complete obscurity. Uh... But uh, Olivia Grace, LOL, Olivia Grace, Twitter and Instagram and uh, go on her website, uh, Facebook. She's Olivia. Is there is there like a ton of Olivia Graces or is it? Yeah, it's so, hard to find me on Facebook. Twitter's probably your best bet. OK, well, if you can find her on Facebook, if request her. Uh, maybe Find me through Earl's Facebook. We're like. Yeah, yeah. If you go on uh, my Facebook, Earl Skakel, uh, you know, you just look on my friends list and uh, we'll be back. I think Danny Fernandez is the next guest coming in a few days on uh, Inappropriate Earl. She's a great, uh, I hate saying this, she's a great comedian, but she is a female comedian, uh, but she's a very good comic. So forget the gender. And, uh, <laughs> good save. Inappropriate Earl. <laughs> Roast Battle, Riot Fest, another year down the hatch. Look for us possibly in Montreal where me and Olivia, a rematch could be in the making. Oh, I, God. <laughs> I, I am retired from Roast Battle. I will never do another real one unless me and Olivia do a rematch or possibly Sarah Tiana. But uh, if you're thinking of challenging me, I'm out of the game. I'm going to be like Barry Sanders. Leave while you're on top. And just remember, if you think you're better than me, you ain't! <laughs> <laughs>